Hello, and welcome to episode number 32 of the Haven Digital Podcast, a show for creators, creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. My name is Ryan Hafey, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to price your services, or we're going to try, because pricing services is hard. Anyway, let's get into it. Hello, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me here. Um, for starters, let's talk about the sound of the week. I got to get into the habit of doing that better because I haven't been doing so so good at that. Uh, last week, the sound of the week was, and that was the blower, um, the, uh, the little rocket blower. The sound of the week this week is. One more time. If you think you know what that sound is, leave a comment, and I will, if I can remember, reveal it at the end of the episode. I have it in my notes here, so if I forget it, it's totally my fault. But, um, okay, so for some strange reason, we're dropping some frames in OBS, like quite a bit. So far since the streaming has begun, we've dropped over 3,000 frames. So looks like on YouTube, uh, we're getting a little bit of stuttering occasionally. Not sure where it's coming from because last week, everything seemed fine. Um, but we're just going to power through and hopefully, um, we can, you know, fix it, uh, in at least the next episode, but audio seems to be coming through. Okay. If it's not, let me know, uh, if anyone out there is watching, um, beverage, the beverage for this week is spark, uh, Trader Joe's sparkling black tea with peach juice beverage. There you go. And this, uh, it's a little bit smaller, 8.45 fluid ounces, Nice little refreshing drink, 15 calories, lightly carbonated, three carbs, um, two grams of sugar added. A um, little bit of a change of pace from what I'm used to, uh, but uh, it's nice. I, I enjoy this one. So that is the beverage for the week. So uh, this week was relatively uneventful, not a whole lot going on, um, mostly because I had my parents in town. Um, it was nice to have them come out. Actually, normally during this time of the year, we would be in Illinois, uh, where my parents are from visiting them. We usually go there in the summers and they come here more in the winter. Um, but because of Tum Tum, our kind of Corso puppy, it makes that cha- uh, challenging, but also, you know, obviously the whole pandemic, uh, going on, uh, doesn't make it any easier either. But, um, because we didn't want to board the dog or, you know, since really no one's would be available right now to, to come over and, and keep an eye on him. Uh, we figured it would be best to skip the Illinois trip this year. Luckily, they were totally cool with coming over here. So we got to spend the week with them. A little bit different than their normal visits in that, you know, we couldn't really go anywhere. Um, but we made the best of it. We drove around, you know, show my parents the, the arena, the new Allegiant Stadium, going up by the strip where the Raiders are going to play. Um, went to the desert a couple times, did some shooting, um, did a lot of takeout. Uh, so we ate, ate a lot. But, you know, it was worth it. Uh, it was fun. And it's always nice to have them in. Um, my dad, who, uh, by the way, if you didn't watch last week's episode, go check that out. I had my first in-studio guest on, which happened to be my dad. And um, whenever he and I sit down and just have a chat, it's always a lot of fun. We just like to poke fun at each other. And uh, that's what we did. And uh, he's he's a big reason for why 
I am the way that I am and into the kind of stuff that I'm in. Um, so he's got a lot of influence on me. And in turn, now I have kind of some influence on him in the video space and things like that. He, his background is more in audio. Mine is more in photography and video. So we sort of cross over each other a little bit. But anyway, go check that one out. Uh, let's see what else. Um, so yeah, I didn't do a lot on the creative front this week. However, I did, um, play around a little bit with, uh, actually took my a seven three and I have, I don't have it set up right now, but, um, I have this adapter and actually I can, oh, here we go. I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull it up here. So that's something I got to talk about too. Um, here we go. We'll go here and, oh, by the way, if you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button and uh, follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. And let's have a conversation. Got to throw that out there as always. And uh, moving on. So we're on Instagram here. And what I did was, so this picture, and this is going to be very difficult to see. There you go. Let's bring this up here. So that lens that you see there on the screen, that is a 50 millimeter, um, film photography lens. So it's actually from the Canon AE one. It's got an FD mount and it's got a F uh, 1.8 aperture, obviously, you know, it's from the seventies. So it's got a manual, um, you know, it's all, it's full manual, but they make FD to E mount adapters. And I bought one and I put it on my Sony a seven and, uh, you can do that. You can take old film lenses if you find the adapter and you can, um, just put them on your, um, modern cameras and kind of get that sort of look. You're never going to get that film look out of that, but you'll get kind of that old vintagey look through the, some of those vintage lenses. It's usually a little bit softer. Um, but it just has kind of a look that you really can't get from a modern, super crystal clear, sharp lens. So I made, uh, just this little sort of, uh, just four clips of the dogs and a little bit of before and after with some color grading. Um, obviously that's the resolution on that's a little bit lower cause it's on Instagram and I'm all zoomed in, but you kind of get the idea. It's just kind of got a cool silky look, got lots of, um, you know, real shallow depth of field just cause of that 1.8 aperture. And it was a lot of fun. But the reason I bring that up is because when uh, oh, let's go back here. There we go. The reason I bring that up is because, uh, I was trying to edit some of that or I was, when I got those clips into premiere, I was trying to do a, just a simple color grade. And as I was doing the color grade, uh, if I would go in and try to adjust the curves, um, it would get this weird static. In fact, I recorded a video about it and I posted it to Twitter. So again, we'll go back here and I'll show you, here we go. So this is, let's see. Um, well, I found a new glitch in Premiere. Check this out. Anytime I want to make some adjustments in curves inside Lumetri. Look at that. What is that? Now, if I disable that and go into basic correction, seems like I can make adjustments there, but for whatever reason, curves are a no go. Yeah. So that was really strange. Um, and uh, did a little bit of troubleshooting. Couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, but uh, I tried a couple different things. I tried restarting the computer, uh, you know, the, the standard issue stuff. I tried going into project settings and adjusting my renderer. Normally, I um, 
keep my render on GPU acceleration, but I decided to switch it over to software only. And that fixed the problem, which, but, but when you do that, you have run into the, the possibility of kind of throttling your, or, or, you know, you're not editing as efficiently. Uh, so I'm just checking some things here. So, uh, I wanted to be able to keep GPU acceleration on. So, um, that led me to believe that it was something to do with the GPU, uh, maybe a driver issue, check my drivers. And I've got a GTX 1080, uh, NVIDIA, um, GPU graphics card. And, um, I checked the drivers, all the drivers were up to date. Now, when you have NVIDIA, an NVIDIA graphics card, you have the option of using one of two drivers. You can either use a studio driver, which is for creative apps and things like, you know, photography, video editing, and that's the, um, the driver that I use, or you can use the game ready app, which as it sounds is, is more tailored towards gameplay. Um, and, uh, you know, but I, I even tried, um, installing a previous version of Premiere, which didn't fix the problem. So then I contacted Adobe support and apparently there's a known issue with the latest studio driver, um, for NVIDIA graphics cards. So, uh, all I had to do was switch it over from uh, the studio driver to the game ready driver and everything seemed to be working fine. Um, by the way, now that we're kind of um, moving along a little bit, we are, it looks like our drop frames have kind of stopped. So whatever was causing that seems to have ceased a little bit. Maybe it was a little bit of a connection issue in the beginning. Anyway, well, that's good to know. So yeah, if you um, happen to experience that same issue when you're using Lumetri, specifically adjusting curves, at least that's the only thing within Lumetri color that I noticed was causing that issue. Um, like, I, like I showed you in the video, the, the basic sliders you can move without any problems, but if you try to adjust the curves, you're gonna get that weird static. So if that's the case and you happen to have an NVIDIA graphics card and you're using the studio driver, you may wanna consider going over to the game ready driver, at least temporarily until they get that whole issue resolved. Okay, that out of the way, it's time, I regret to say, to talk about the main topic of this video, which is pricing creative services. And I say I regret to talk about it because it's one of those, um, by the way, I should precursor or, or, or you know, give it a little disclaimer here. If you are here to figure out how you should price your own creative services, um, you may be in the wrong place. And I only say that because this is an area where I've struggled. So the whole purpose of this podcast is less to tell you how to do it, but more to, did I just blow a bubble? No, I don't know what that was, <laughs> but more to talk about what, how I do it and sort of how I've gotten to price things, how I do now. I hope that made sense. So, um, Pricing is, is one of those interesting things. You know, I think, um, in the very beginning, you kind of just think, especially when you're first starting out, if you're not doing stuff for free in the very beginning anyway, you're, you're probably just thinking, okay, well, you know, what can I do to just to make a few bucks? What, what do kind of beginners charge by the hour? And you're typically charged. I would think in most cases you would charge at like an hourly rate for something like that. And this really could be, you know, for me, it was photography, uh, video production, video editing, those types of things. But I, you know, a lot of this will apply to, to design work and, and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, I think in the very beginning I charged a pretty moderate, mod modest rate, 
I, I don't even remember what it was, honestly, but you know, as you start to research some of these things and try to figure out where you want to go from there, um, you, you learn more about how other people do it. And the, the thing with pricing creative services is that there's no right way to do it. And that's so frustrating because, you know, I mean, yeah, you, because, because especially in creative, you know, the video you're going to make for one client, unless you have a standardized video product that you make for everyone, it's hard to standardize that, that process. The video you're going to make for one client could be drastically different than the video you're going to make for another client. Do you settle on like a project? You know, cause there's different ways to price. You can obviously, you know, like I mentioned, you can do an hourly rate. You could do, um, you could price based solely on the project. You could, you know, uh, charge a retainer, say, you know, each month, here's what I'm going to charge you. And this is what I'm going to give you for that amount of money. You could charge a, a day rate depending on, you know, the kind of work you're doing. It all depends and it all really comes down to you and what you're doing. So yeah, the simplest thing to do would be just have some sort of standardized product where you could just say, okay, this is the product that I deliver each time that I do, that I make this thing, you know, you make it custom for your client, but it's standardized in a way that I know how long it's going to take me regardless who I do it for. And this is the price for it done easy peasy. On the other hand, if you know, a client just wants a 30 second media for social or 30 second video for social media, that's going to take you maybe an hour to film and you know, uh, an hour to edit together. Well then, you know, there's two hours of work. Let's say you charge 60 bucks an hour. Do you only charge 120 bucks for that project? Well, you know, the answer should be no. You, you probably wouldn't want to do that because just, I mean, unless you factored all of your expenses and everything into each of those hours. Um, but yeah, there's just so much more that goes into it. Um, you know, I, I, I created a spreadsheet. Let's see if I can pull this up. I made a spreadsheet a while back that was supposed to act as like a, a cost estimator. Let me switch this account here. Video. So I'm in Google Drive. I just use like a um, video project cost estimator. So really, and I'm going to zero some of these out here. And this I haven't touched in a while. So, and I'll also, I haven't been doing a whole lot of creative work for a while since, you know, everything's been uh, going down, going on with uh, COVID and all that. But this was kind of like my first attempt at creating some sort of template that would allow me to um, price services a little bit more consistently. And for me, you know, I would factor in planning and pre-production at $100 an hour. How many hours do I think is going to go into the planning and pre-production for whatever I'm going to shoot? In some cases, it would be nothing. It might be a couple emails and yeah, you could factor those in if you wanted to. But, um, you know, if there's any, if you have to go meet with the client in advance, if you have to go on site to a shoot and, and do any setup, all that stuff would be factored in there. So let's say two hours of planning and pre-production. And then actual production, how long is it going to take you to film it? Well, uh, some clients will tell you, oh, we need to be in and out within two hours. Some clients will say, hey, we can take as long as we need. Just let me know how long you need to do it. And then you could say, okay, well, 
I think that's probably going to take upwards of, you know, six hours to produce. Okay. And that's at 150 an hour video editing. How long is this going to take me? And, and even still, even with all this, as you can see, like I'm basing this off of how long I feel like it's going to take me. Um, and we'll get into the pros and cons, I guess, of that in a little bit, but you know, I, this is just kind of how I have this whole thing set up. So I have video editing a two hour minimum. Um, and let's say I think a project's going to take me eight hours to edit. So I'll pop in eight there. And just so far with planning, um, production and, and editing, we're looking at, uh, $2,412 estimated. And then you go into music licensing and discovery. Uh, so I pay for a service called Artlist, which with that license you get, um, let me zoom in a little bit here on this. With Artlist licenses, you get commercial licenses with each track, so you can use it for client work as well as your own work. So, but I still, I still, because finding music for a project can be super tough. Um, if it's a special track that we need to license, I'll include that here. Otherwise, it, let's say if there's two tracks that they want to use, um, yeah, so $50 per track that I need to, to find is what I charge, at least in this case. Travel, is there any, are there any parking expenses that I know of or in advance or that, you know, I need to populate after the fact? I can pop those in there. Well, just for the sake of this, we will, we'll assume there aren't any. Um, equipment rental. Um, so I set my rental fees, I think, relatively. And, and by the way, this is referring to, like, when, you, when you're doing client work, um, the client is hiring you, but in a sense, they're also renting your gear. So you want to charge a client to basically rent, pay you, but also to rent your equipment. Um, and I think I just went with $40 a day for per camera, $25 a day for lenses. Um, but I didn't put any formulas in here. So I might've just, you know, factored this in manually. I had 110 in there. We'll say, well, let's just assume that that's what we need based on the equipment that we're bringing to this fake project. Other rental, this could be, you know, if you actually have to go to a rental place and, and rent any special equipment that maybe I don't have. Um, in this case, we'll assume that I don't. Additional fees, you know, there might be some cases where they're like, we need this in two days, or, you know, maybe it's a super complex uh, project that's going to require some additional resources and things like that. You might factor all that in there. But um, in this case, you know, we're looking at $2,532 and I include a markup of, of 20%. And that was actually based off of a tip from a guy named, um, hold on, a guy named Chris Doe, who I probably mentioned before. Uh, Chris Doe is, he's an agency owner. Um, and I think, oh, I have his I have his uh, a link to a video that he made here. There was one video that Christo made that was making the rounds quite a bit. And he was talking about, you know, how to price um, for clients. And his thing is always, um, you know, price based on the value to the client. And I'm going to miss some things here. And I'm going to paraphrase some things, of course. Uh, he's been doing this, obviously, a lot longer than I have. Um, but he would say, you know, Put it this way, let's say you, you know, he used the example as the Nike logo. Um, now the Nike logo in and of itself is a very simple logo, but let's say you were designing that logo for a mom and pop 
shop of some kind that maybe shell sells, you know, they have a small store, they sell their own custom shoes, not a ton of, you know, they don't earn a ton of money, um, small operation. The value of that logo to them is not going to be nearly as much as the value of that logo to a company like Nike. So you would charge a lot more to Nike than you would to um, the mom and pop shop. You think of it based on value to the client. Take a sip here and let that one sink in. So I struggle with that quite a bit. I, I think um, I like that mentality. Um, I, I will say though, for me, I don't do, and you know, I don't have a big operation. Uh, Hafey Digital is my is my LLC that I own, um, but it's for the most part it's me. Uh, if I ever go do any shoots or anything like that, in many cases it's just me going out there. I'm usually a one man operation. There's been a couple instances where I'll take someone with me to to help set some things up, um, but outside of that, it's it's usually just me. Um, and with that, you know, I only I typically only tailor to smaller clients. Uh, a lot of local businesses around here, um, restaurants and things like that. Those are my primary, primary clients around here. So, you know, you could argue that maybe I don't have, um, maybe it's, it would be unfair for me to charge a lot of money to these people, but at the same time, you got to have a price. You see, you can see how there's so many ways to, to look at this. Um, and then even after that, once you've figured out what you want to charge, then you have to have the confidence to go to the client and say, here's, here's what it's going to cost you. Cause I think that's where a lot of creatives undercut themselves, um, is in, you know, being willing to charge what you, what you want to charge. There's, I know that I'm totally guilty of this when, you know, you think, you know, I'd really like to like charge them like three, $4,000 for this but I don't think they're going to say yes. So I'm going to bring it down to like, like 1500 and then you undercut yourself. And then, you know, how many times there's been some times when, you know, you send over the, the estimate, they're like, great, let's do it. And you're like, shit, I could have probably, you know, gotten some more out of it. I should have gone with my original thoughts. Um, I'm in a, a, so I struggle with that a lot as far as just having that confidence to say, this is what I'm going to charge, you know, like it or not. And of course, you know, if a client comes back and says, you know, that's more than I was willing to to spend, then you can always continue from there and say, okay, that's no problem. Let's see how we can adjust that for you to make it work within your budget a little bit better. Um, but, uh, I lost my train of thought there. What was I going to say? Oh, I remember now. So yeah, I, I consider myself in a unique position in that. And I've talked about this again before that I've sort of made the, the decision to starting this year. And again, with the whole global situation that's happening, it made this decision a little bit easier for myself. But, um, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to pull back on the client work that I'm doing. And in exchange, I'm going to focus more on YouTube and, and just on my content and getting out there and trying to make more of a name for myself online and building that audience and that, you know, and, and just, just trying to really develop 
my online presence a little bit more because the original intention of starting the YouTube channel was to bring in traffic for potential business for Hayfield Digital. But then I realized that's not exactly that. I don't know that's going to make me happy. Client work is fine. Um, but I got, I was getting into the habit of doing a lot of client work that I wasn't very fond of. I wasn't having any fun. Um, it was just kind of like, Oh, okay, you need this thing. Okay. And we're just kind of, you know, just going through the motions and, you know, I've worked at a marketing agency before. Um, and it's just that, that's life is not for me. I'm not a big agency guy. Um, it was, it's very hard for me to really get, uh, excited about making things for clients that I wouldn't make in the first place, if that makes sense. You know, so I would, you know, I would make this stuff for these clients and, you know, I put, I put work into them and I would do, do my best that I could. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, I just wasn't happy. And so there were some projects that I would finish and be like, ah, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not super stoked about this. So I wanted to back away from that. I wanted to focus online and then, you know, cause I don't have to do these side projects. I, as I've mentioned before, I have a day job, the day job pays me enough. And, um, and it allows me to be able to do this, these things on the side. So I figured if I can, um, turn it around a little bit, focus less on side work and do this, then that will do two things. One, it will, you know, hopefully eventually give me an opportunity to create additional streams of revenue, um, through some of my things that I'm doing online, but also, um, it'll take some of the stress off of me to where, you know, I can say no to some clients. If someone's, you know, someone comes and says, Hey, got this project for you. Um, we'd love to have you do it. Would you want to do it? It makes it easier for me to say no, thank you and move on. Or if a client comes to me and says, Hey, we've got this really cool project with, he'd be great for it. And I look at it and it's something that's like really, um, something that I feel like I could really get into and have fun with. Then in that case I could say, okay, cool. Here's my price. And if they don't, if they say no, then it's like, okay, no problem. See you later. You know, maybe we're just not a good fit. So, you know, in other words, I'm not sweating it. If I'm, if I'm losing some business in the short term, um, but if I, you know, but it gives me the opportunity to throw out a bigger number potentially and, and potentially make some, some more money, um, while doing things that I am much more interested in. So it's kind of a long way around long way to say that, yeah, I, I guess there's really no right answer <laughs> to any of it. But I think for simplicity, what I'd really like to be able to get down to, and I know that there are some clients that are a little bit, you know, they're, they're sticklers about, about how they're charged, you know, and, and if I ever charge, if I ever say to a client, okay, here's what's going to cost, um, you know, and I'm, I'm usually pretty upfront and say, okay, here's, here's an estimate for, for the project. Uh, what it won't include is let's say if there's any travel or parking expenses or maybe last minute rental, um, fees or anything like that. But even those get, you know, mentioned at some point before the final invoice is sent. So the client can say, okay, cool. That works for me. We're good to go. But, you know, eventually I know that a lot of clients will not a lot, but there are some that will say, you know, can you show me 
what you're charging for. I, I want things done in line item. Um, you know, I've heard people talk as I, as I've researched pricing and looked into it and there's some, and this is the mentality that I want to get into. And this is kind of the setup that I want to have, which is, you know, we charge a price, the price that we charge, that's what you're going to pay. And just like if you go in and, you know, you go to get a tattoo and the tattoo artist, you know, you show them your design and they say, okay, that's going to be uh, it's going to be $500. Okay. Well, what, what goes into that price? You know, you don't say that to a tattoo artist. You don't say, you know, and they're not going to give you a list that says, well, you know, the supplies are going to cost this much. And it's, you know, this is going to be my hourly rate. They're just going to say, no, $500 is what I'm going to charge you for this. You can take that or you can leave it. Um, and that's the level of confidence that I ultimately want to have. Now, again, coming, <laughs> coming back to how to get to that price. I mean, I guess ultimately that's just something that is going to take practice and, you know, figuring out exactly how to go about pricing things the way that you want to price them. And I don't have the answers to that. So part of this is me just sort of talking about my experiences with pricing. Part of it's a little bit of a cry for help, <laughs> meaning, uh, how do you price your services? How are you, um, how are you charging your clients? Do you go by hourly, you know, by an hourly basis? Do you, um, you know, do you just charge a project fee? Do you have one standardized, you know, creative product that you provide that you charge one standard price for? How do you do it? How do you approach your clients? Um, what do you do when a client comes back and says, that's not in my budget. I'd like to, um, you know, let's try to renegotiate some things too. And again, that Chris Doe guy that I mentioned earlier, the link's not in the description yet. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, but I will, after this is done, I'll put that link, uh, in the description, um, to that video, but he's got tons of great stuff, uh, on, on pricing, uh, a lot of it geared again towards design, um, you know, graphic design, but you can apply a lot of that to uh, video work and things like that. There's just so much information out there, so much to take in and really just a lot of um, questions that you kind of have to ask yourself, you know, for a lot, for some people hourly, you know, if it's just, if it's just a side hustle that you're doing, if it's not your main career, you just want to make a few extra bucks out of it. For a lot of people, an hourly rate might work perfectly. You set, okay, I charge $50 an hour to, um, for, for everything. So you would just charge for by the hour for production, for editing, all that kind of stuff. And then that's what you bill. And if that's the case, great. Good for you. If that works for you. Uh, I think ultimately though, for me, that's not what I want to do. And again, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier, what Christo had mentioned as far as charging for value. You don't want to un undercut yourself you want to charge what you think you're capable capable of and for what you deserve. Um, but you, you know, the client needs to be considered too. What are you doing for the client and how is it, what, how much value, what's the dollar amount of the value that you're providing to the client versus, you know, what the time and resource investment will be for you to complete the project. 
and you can almost look at that and, and think that that's a little immoral in a way. Like, well, wait a minute. You mean you're going to charge these guys over here $500, but these guys, you know, you, for the same or for a similar thing, you would charge 5,000, you know, in, 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 um, it just seems a little strange. It seems a little immoral on the surface, but at the same time, it's just business. It's how, you know, it's how people, a lot of people price that way. It's, it's just how things get done by a lot of people. So I don't know. Those are my thoughts on pricing. I hope some of that made some sense. Uh, Nabil, my buddy Nabil, pricing is hard, but you shouldn't be afraid to ask for what you want. Your work's fantastic. I've booked you for video work a number of times and I pay for, I pay for more because it's that good, but don't charge me, but don't charge me. I'm just saying I would pay more for it. <laughs> By the way, way to go three, two episodes in. Thank you, Nabil. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. I hit up uh, Nabil yesterday to see if he wanted to go shoot that, uh, that comet. Um, that's uh what, I forget what it's called, whatever comet that is, that's, uh, f that's visible in the early hours. And he, uh, he flaked on me, but, um, it's all good. I got love for you, Nabil. Either way. Actually, we used to go do some astrophotography, um, for, it was a while we were doing some astrophotography and, uh, we haven't done it for a while and, uh, I definitely want to get out there and do it again. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, oh, cool. So oh, this is neat. For whatever reason, in last week's episode, the chat feature, and I, I'm sure that's probably very hard to see, but the chat feature, the, the Restream has this chat app that's supposed to bring in any comments that you get across, you know, Twitch, basically whatever you're streaming on. Last week, I haven't, uh, he says, and I'd pay more for the work because it's that good, but don't charge me more. Oh, wait, no, I missed that one. Never mind. Disregard. Um, but last week it wasn't bringing in Facebook. I don't see any Facebook comments this week. If someone's watching on Facebook, do me a favor and leave a comment so I can see uh, if uh, if it's coming through here on Restream. Grammar is my second language. Yeah, we know, Nabil. We know. <laughs> Anywho. All right. Well, hey, if you're still here with me and you haven't done so already, please click that subscribe button and be sure to follow me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Ryan Hafey. And uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and call this one done. So keep on creating, making and doing. And with that, we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.